Live from Hollywood, California, at the Improv Studios, it's The Nighttime Show! With your host, Stephen Kramer Glickman. Tonight, we have our special guest, our head writer, Matt Walker. I'm your announcer, Mike Black. And our very special guest, star of Platoon, there's something about Mary, The Thing, and the upcoming film, The Nice Guys, Keith David. And now, a man who wants your french fries more than you do, Stephen Kramer Glickman! <laughs> That's true. I really, I do love French fries. He, does, he stole La- mine last night. Last night we were having, <laughs> we were eating at the bar at the Hollywood Improv, which is uh, where we tape the show, and it's a beautiful, beautiful club. And we were eating at the bar. Mm-hmm. I ordered a salad <laughs> and, French, and fries. French fries. And literally 15 comics walked by and were like, yeah. you know, one cancels out the other. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, no, they're both delicious. It's All amazing right? how unoriginal the comedians were. Like, yeah, like one, one after, after another. another. Like, <laughs> they cancel each other out. They you cancel know? each other out. <laughs> like, doesn't matter how old they are. Just yeah. <laughs> everyone's got the same bullshit joke. Um, <laughs> but, um, w- like, I want to jump right into this because we have uh, we have an amazing guest today. We are super, super lucky to have. Uh, you guys know him from his work in the movie Platoon, Crash, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, The Thing, uh, the voice of Spawn. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Keith David is here. Thank you. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm great. But, uh, you know, as you were talking in the opening, I, w- I just want to say, make one thing very clear. Yes. There were two things in this world that one never fucks with. <laughs> One of them happens to be another man's fries. <laughs> the so greatest. It's so good. I oh. sent him that clip this morning. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I was still stewing about it. Because oh, it's so true. God. Mike, you set him up on the best. That's the best damn punchline that ever happened. Uh, that is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. And one of my favorite comedies ever. They used to play it on HBO practically every day. And I just love that movie, Men at Work. You I know? tell you, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, God, it's, it's so funny. It's tremendous. Yeah, we were we were all kind of uh, Keith. We were all kind of freaking out about having you on the show, but for completely, completely different reasons. <laughs> like uh, Matt couldn't stop talking, and he like literally all day today was talking about you know Halo and how you're in Halo, and, and then, more and, importantly, even you worked with what I consider to be America's greatest filmmaker, Ken Burns. Many yeah. times, I just, uh, Jackie Robinson was fantastic, so good. Uh, and your voice just adds so much to documentaries that are great in terms of topics anyways, but the way that they get presented with the voiceover work on those things is amazing. Yeah, no, it's really phenomenal, man. I yeah. mean, your career is absolutely incredible. And, like, people, you know, people from all different parts of this business just wish that they could uh, have you know a quarter of the 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 stuff that i mean you've done so many different types of things i want to start at the beginning or like start in the early stuff mm-hmm. if that's okay um uh oh, b- before can, we yeah can i ask something then <laughs> sure I, yeah i'm eager to do because you brought up the greatest filmmaker ever mm-hmm. i thought you were surely going to mention what i was going to mention <laughs> on your imdb it says under uncredited that you were in disco godfather and so I thought the greatest filmmaker ever, Rudy Ray Moore. What was that like working with? <laughs> Let's start there. Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, IMDb gets a lot of things right. I, I, uh, uh, there are films that you do that get renamed mm-hmm. after you've done them. So I cannot consciously remember ever doing <laughs> Disco Godfather. However, 
it might I might have done something and they renamed it so and I've never seen it so uh I'll take the credit. I <laughs> well, I know early, like early in your career, before doing, I, I think it's before doing the thing and before doing They Live and uh, and you know Hercules and Requiem for Dream, before doing all these movies, you were on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Is that true? Uh, Mister Rogers was actually my first TV work. Wow! wow. Now, you, did yeah. you film that in Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I went to college there at Carnegie Mellon, and I remember right. we would see him every now and then. Because he lived on the other side of campus from the studio, and he would walk across the campus to yeah. get to work every oh, day. Oh, wow. And I saw him a couple times uh, walking around. You're like, hey, there's Mr. Rogers. That's so cool. Oh, so, yeah. It's such a landmark show. What what was that like for you, and how did, how did you end up getting cast in the It was fantastic. Show? I was in Pittsburgh doing a play. I believe I was doing A Midsummer Night's Dream, mm. and um, I don't remember how it came up, but- they asked me if I would play this part on Mr. I would play, uh, I think I was Keith David in, a, in the neighborhood of Southwood, and I was the, uh, I, it might have been a video game <laughs> or, 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 or pinball machine fixer or okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, it, you know, somebody offered me a job, so I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, And uh, it was, you know, it was great meeting Mr. Rogers because you know he yeah. was a Presbyterian minister, mm -hmm. and his ministry was to kids. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I remember watching him as a kid and thinking, eh, you know, but <laughs> as I got to know him, I mean, it was like, this guy is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Fred Lally, I think his name, yeah, Fred Lally was the uh, mailman, was the director. Oh, uh, Paul Lally, Paul Lally. Oh. And uh, the shows were fantastic because they they really taught kids about things and values and subjects. That and they and he didn't talk down to them. I remember one in particular was called War and Peace, and it was about how uh, big wars can start out of little arguments and how dis you know, wow. differences of opinion wow. and uh, can lead to uh, great wars without communication. And it was fantastic. I mean, mm -hmm. he was he was really a phenomenal guy. That's amazing. Wow. wow. Seems like such a uh, such an interesting place to be too. Like, where did you get to go and be on that set? Like on the oh yeah, you know, and I got to play with the puppets. <laughs> no <laughs> way, really? You know? Oh yeah, saw the castle. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, in fact, I played bass, violin, bass, violin. <laughs> we love you. We love you. You know, and uh, that was that was fantastic. I mean, it was really kind of funny. The first time I met Mister Rogers, uh, you know. When you're doing on-camera stuff and you're in the makeup chair, uh, if you you know to protect your collar, they yeah. will sometimes stuff tissues in your collar so that the makeup doesn't get on your shirt. Right. So yeah. the first time I you know I walked into the studio and I'm just kind of standing there and it was all strange and new to me, and this man walks up to me and says, "Hi, I'm Fred Rogers. Welcome <laughs> to the <laughs> And there was something kind of surreal about it, but uh, at the same time, what a nice man. Yeah. What a mm -hmm. beautiful cat. God, really. amazing. What did you uh after after doing Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, did you jump from that into movies or were you doing theater a lot? I was doing there? theater. I did, yeah. you know, I yeah. was raised in the theater. You said wow. you were doing uh, Midsummer Night's Dream at the time. Uh, which part did you play? I played Oberon yes. at the <laughs> Pittsburgh Public Theater. That's wow. that's who I would have cast you. <laughs> well, yeah. I've now I've now done Midsummer four times. Wow. I've played Theseus. Um haven't played Bottom yet, but I look forward to playing Bottom one day. <laughs> uh, played Theseus Oberon twice, and I played Hippolyta once. Oh, wow. 
we did a we did a jazz version of a Midsummer Night's Dream, a jazz improv version. Uh, Max Roach was the musical director. Oh wow! Oh my God! Very cool. George Ferenz directed it, and we switched parts. Uh, the woman Sheila Dabney, who was playing Titania, mm-hmm. doubled as Theseus. Oh, oh, and cool! We, and we did it in sort of uh, uh, World War Two era. So she played MacArthur. She played uh, uh, Theseus as MacArthur. And I played Hippolyta as a geisha girl. Oh <laughs> my god! So I had you know the white face and the mm-hmm. and the wig and the kimono. What era and I, was I only this? had I only had one line, and um, uh, and that was um, this is the silliest stuff I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and the the funniest thing about it was you know I mean it it, it was at the uh, San Diego Rep, so they didn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. there was so it was not the kind of the kind of money to, to uh, make me up to look like you sure. know, to look like a woman re- really. Yeah. So, I um, uh, I came out and I took my curtain call, of course, as Oberon. Yeah. And sitting behind the director was some woman who, at the curtain call, what happened to the woman that played Hippolyta? <laughs> 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 like somebody get her to the eye doctor. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. So you you were doing shows at San Diego Repertory Theater? Uh, yes, that's the only time I played there. Oh, that was at the was that at the Lyceum? And at the Lyceum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I did plays wow. at the Lyceum growing up as a kid. I used wow. to do uh I did like uh Oklahoma and a couple other musicals down okay. there. Uh I you know like when you start out in theater, do you, have you gone and done Broadway? Have you done? Yes, I've done. Uh, I've done my first Broadway show was in nineteen seventy, maybe nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty. Oh it was a play called "The Lady from Dubuque." Oh, wow! Uh, Edward Albee play. Wow! Have you done any musicals on Broadway? I did Jelly's Last Jam. No, you did not. Did you really? Which was I, started I love here, that musical. Which was started here in Los Angeles at yes. the Taper, and then uh, the last uh, the last show I did was called Hot Feet. Wow! Which was a um, uh, what do you call those? Uh, um, I think it's a, there's a name for it, but um, it was um, the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, oh, like oh a that's tribute great. sort of show. Jeez, yeah. Louise. No, I mean we had. I mean it had it had a book, you know, and, and oh, yeah. but you know, but all yeah. you know, kind of like, 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 like Mamma Mia, one. you know. Yeah, right. there's the Ava yeah. one. There's uh, the Frankie Valley one. There's yeah. a bunch of those. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, that's incredible, man. Did you know Stephen was Shrek in Shrek the Musical? That's where I. That's where I got my start. Is <laughs> really? I played. Right. I, well, I played. <laughs> I played Shrek in all the Broadway workshops and readings of Shrek the Musical, all the way up in at Forty Second Street Studios. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, so yeah. I worked on it for two and a half years, leading leading up to Broadway, and then uh-huh. right before it went to Broadway, I was replaced by <laughs> Brian Darcy James, right, okay. and then I came yeah. out to L.A. and did Big Time Rush, the Nickelodeon show, and and, yeah. and that was it worked out fine. But yeah. I still I've gone back a couple times, and you know I I still audition for Broadway musicals like whenever I get a chance to because mm-hmm. I mean that's like theater you know and and you kind of see that a lot with with uh with actors is that like theater is like the soul to to the well to the that's actor. where you that's where you learn your craft you yeah know, in the theater yeah did you go yeah. to school for it as well i did where'd you go to school i went to uh the high school of performing arts then i went to uh suny at purchase for a year but i graduated mm-hmm. from juilliard wow. wow oh my god when did you when like when was this 
I don't want to. I don't want to. In, in the late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 1993. So you were 1993. Yeah. It could be. It could be. It's a very. I, I, I have no idea. Um, Do you remember some of your classmates from that time? Like, of course. Boyd Gaines is a three time uh, Tony winner. Wow. Uh, Lisa Baines, who's mm -hmm. still active. I mean, uh, Michael Butler, uh, who's still. Uh, he's. Yeah. Um, He's teaching right now, I think, and directing. Um, Robin Williams was the cl in the class ahead of me. Oh, oh my God! Um, Phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of really wonderful actors. God, that's so incredible. That's and this awesome. was in, in Juilliard in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so funny is that like I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts here in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and then I went to the American Musical Dramatic Academy in New York. Every at the Ansonia. Yeah, at the Ansonia building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every single person that I went to school with at AMDA in New York, uh -huh. I'd say 90% of them are either on Broadway, on television, or on tour, like starring in some wow. sort of Broadway show. Mm -hmm. 99% of every single person I went to ADA with here in Los Angeles, nothing. They just, they're just, they're working at Applebee's or they're married. Like, they just gave up. And it was like, maybe, I mean, that's a great, it's a great school, ADA, yeah. out here in Los Angeles. But, like, L.A. is such a shady place to be yeah. going to, like, acting school. It's just not the place for, like trying to learn your craft because it's such a crappy like this city is so <laughs> crappy to like to like work your your magic and like and what's great is is that you can meet lots of people here in, in this city and you can you can navigate this city very easily i feel like this is an easier city to navigate than new york but yeah. uh like i don't know sometimes i'm from like, new york so that's not true for me no no no. but like <laughs> new york i feel like is like a hard working place like i feel like everyone you can walk like, in new york that's true yes. that's very true that's very true where in new york did you grow up i grew up in i grew up in queens but i was born in harlem and i was in a and uh, spent a, most of my time in harlem later on after i graduated i uh moved to harlem and lived in harlem i've lived in the bronx wow. and i've lived in brooklyn i only haven't lived in staten island but who wants to live there? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to live there. Uh, what was your first? Uh, do you remember your first movie? Like, what was the first big break? Uh, well, of course, movie I remember yeah, my course, first please. movie. My first, my the very first movie that I ever did was, um, I flew out here uh, during my senior year. I flew out to audition for Roots Two: The Second Generation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow! And uh, I was actually auditioning for. Uh, to play Alex Haley as a young man before he became James L. Jones. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I did not get the part. It went to Damon Evans, who was, uh, had been established on TV. Yeah. He was the yeah. son on The Jeffersons. Sure, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, Reuben Cannon, who was the casting director, um, kept me on, and I played one of Dr. Haley's students. But, you know, as it goes, I got cut. I had, sure. I had one or two lines, and I, it got cut. So... You know, as all of my mother's friends said, oh, yes, I saw him. I saw your son. <laughs> no, you did not see yeah. me. Uh, but I saw me because I knew the scene I was in, and the only part of me you saw was from my neck to my waist oh. as I passed the camera. Your torso I did knew, a great job. I knew that was, that was me. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone at this table has had something like that. Well, I had that know? at home. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, the, the, the first thing I ever did was I was in this terrible movie where I had... Uh, two lines when we shot it one line made it in 
However, you hear me say it when you don't see me on camera. You see the reaction <laughs> shot to me saying it. So your voice made it into yes. the right. But the funny thing is, there's a production still for the movie that was one of the promos, and you see me like I'm like featured in this promotional still because like the shot they used is over. It's like behind from behind the lead character, like him looking at like two people, and I'm one of the two people in this terrible scene in this awful movie that I'm in. Yeah. That nobody should ever see. Last yeah. commercial I did, forehead up. <laughs> oh God! It made, it into the, made it into the shot. I was like, I'm still getting paid. I did it. God. <laughs> well, I did one movie where I I still have fifth billing on a single card, and the only time you ever see me is handing the phone to the star. What movie was that? Roadhouse. Oh really? Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I mean, I did you film a lot more, and it just got cut oh, down? I, I had, you know, it. I. My contract was originally for four weeks. That turned into 11 weeks. Wow. So it, it got me my first apartment and my first car here. Wow. Damn. Well, yeah. Could have been handing worse. someone a phone. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, two days after the rap party, uh, the director called and said, listen, Keith, uh, I have like uh, three and a half hours worth of movie that I got <laughs> to cut down oh to 2.15. So yeah. well, that I'm sorry, movie... but you had to go. That movie is so beloved, they could release the three-and-a-half-hour cut now, and people would <laughs> yeah, go people see would it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely see that. So like one of your one of the early movies uh, in your career was The Thing. I mean, that is a That huge, was my first movie. That's the first movie. Yeah. Like, what a huge leap, like, into into movie making, to have that be, like, the first, you know, it was, your it first was, movie. It was fantastic. I mean, you know, what a great first experience. In fact... I don't know. I was hired for 20 weeks. That mm -hmm. was my very first movie contract. I don't think I've been on a movie for 20 weeks since then. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> well, I, maybe I have. Now, where uh, did they shoot that one? Uh, we shot it mostly at Universal. Okay. so uh, you but, we had the, but there were three weeks where we shot okay. in Alaska. It was yeah. very convincingly oh. Alaska <laughs> through, you know, yeah. just, it looked like it, you know. And uh, what was it like being around all those practical effects sort of creatures and stuff like that? Oh, it was, I mean, you know, it was my first movie, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so everything, everything was thrilling. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, what do you think your character was at the end? Human or? It or wasn't me. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, there was room for it to be either one of us. And, yeah. Uh, oh, no. So we played it. Like it wasn't me. <laughs> oh that's my very God. cool, man. That's the best. And I and I think Kurt also played it like it wasn't him. Yeah. But oh, it, okay. But it could have been. Yeah. What was your relationship like with uh, with you know Kurt Russell on on that set? What what was that like between you guys? Um, wonderful man, and uh, really a great actor. I mean, I actually learned a lot watching those guys because you know, as a matter of fact, um, I got the job. Right after, you know, I'm I'm a speech teacher, so I was doing my speech teacher training when I had to leave a week early mm -hmm. to come start to rehearse the thing. And because, I mean, if you remember, Childs didn't have a whole, you know, he had a lot of one-liners. Yep. It was like, right. like right. hell no, you know. You know. <laughs> so, and uh, because I was, you know, uh, studying to teach good American speech for the theater. <laughs> right. Uh, when I had these lines like, hell no, and, you know, who's that, you know. Um, and again, like I said, my background's the theater, so it was my first time on a soundstage. I'd never yeah. been on a soundstage before. Oh, yeah. 
these huge ceilings, <laughs> and we're sitting in the middle <laughs> of a room rehearsing, and uh, we're working with, I'm working with all these, you know, really great actors, and you know, everybody had done something before, and I was uh, amazed and, you know, I, I, I don't fatutsed, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm sitting across the table as far as I am from you, and there were people. Yeah, I'm thinking I can't hear him. I can't. Hear him. <laughs> yeah. And so when it came to my, you know, it came to my lines. Like I said, I had these, like you know, these um, two-word lines, and you would hear me going, "Oh hell no!" So at the lunch break, uh, <laughs> the fellows took me out to, you know, took me to lunch, and uh, Richard Masser said, "You don't have to project that." <laughs> it's it's okay. Your microphones. You know? And yeah. I was like, wow, oh, okay, you know, I just, uh, but you know, and it's it's a lesson that I still have to learn today. I mean, sometimes I still have to just just play. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, what was the, You're what was doing like the right thing, playing to the last yeah. <laughs> audience yeah. member at the end of the house. Oh my yeah. god. Like, <laughs> what was uh, John Carpenter like to work for? I love working with John. Um, um, uh, very efficient. I mean, I just, uh, 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 it was, again, it was, you know, it, this was my first big movie. Mm-hmm. So um, he's very clear. I mean, we rehearsed for two weeks just trying to get the script as uh, as right as possible, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, as I remember, and you know how memory is, but as I remember, Kurt Russell, Richard Masser, Charlie Houlihan, Hallahan, um, these guys were like sci-fi buffs, and they had and really very uh, smart as far as you know scripts and how they how, you know stri- script structure and stuff. Sure. And also big sci-fi buffs. So, um, you know, in in any movie, but especially a sci-fi movie, you know, you will believe anything. You will believe the world that we're in as long as there's something that doesn't come in to violate the premise. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So we kept trying to tweak and fix and blah, blah, you know, and, and these guys were really smart about that. Well, it, if, if this is true and this is true, then mm-hmm. this can't happen, blah, blah, blah. So, we, you know, we did that for two weeks. Finally, John said, look, fellas, this is, this is the script. This, this is what we're going to go with. Wow. Yeah. wow. So well, I'm I, glad I, they did that because that's one thing that sort of throws me out. As a big fan of the sci-fi genre, uh, whenever you see these movies and then they're internally inconsistent, yeah. that yeah. really bothers God. me watching them. Well, so that's really what, and that's and that, that was the point that they were making, and yeah. uh, and so you know, but at the, there does come a time where you can't rewrite the whole script, yeah. Yeah. and so finally, you know, and it wasn't that much, you know, it's just these just little things, you know. Well, yeah. it paid off because it's still like you know, still it holds up. They they show it every year, at least three times a year. Well, you know, it didn't. I don't think I think because Poltergeist. Came out that mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. It was something else, but you know, ET eclipsed everything. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, the thing, it, it was. I think. I think they wanted it to be the big summer money maker that mm-hmm. year, so it all came out. You know, nobody asked me, but in my opinion, it should have come out in October, yeah. November. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It should yeah. have been like a Thanksgiving film, but like it came out. In the, it came out in the summertime, uh, and of course, like I said, ET was still running strong. Yeah. Uh, and it was not very well accepted, you know. I mean, yeah. I remember one review said, "Oh, this isn't for kids," and I thought to myself, "Well, don't take your damn kids." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. John, you know. John Carpenter had yeah. issues with that, with the way that movie was received. But I yeah. think, you know, like it's become such a, I mean, it's such a standard now in like 
why practical effects is more important, you know, uh, well, for movies. Well, oh, yeah. 20 years later, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great hit. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, it's the movie yeah. that we made that we wanted to make. You know, it's closer to the original story, which is a story, uh, a sci-fi story called Who Goes There? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's closer to that story than, like, the original thing, which is also a great movie. Yeah. yeah. If you, you know, but, you know, it, that was a big propaganda movie. You know, look yeah. to the sky. <laughs> the Russians are coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like, like when, you, when you first, uh, when, you get, you know, when you get a big gig like this and you go from theater to, to doing a big movie, you know, carrying all that, you know, theater stuff in you that that says like oh I'm, i gotta do my own stunts and i'm gonna go do i'm gonna i'm gonna kick ass i'm gonna memorize the entire script you know and, and i'm gonna project to the back like when we when i started doing this kid show this nickelodeon kid show first week they wanted me to run and cannonball into the pool mm -hmm. and uh they said uh you're not gonna actually do the cannonball we're gonna have a you're gonna run up and then you're gonna stop and then we're gonna have a, 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 a stunt guy cannonball into the pool and then you're gonna pop your head out of the water and i was like what i don't need to do that i can do the whole i can do the whole thing uh you know it's not no big deal and they're like no, no no we'll get a stunt guy it's not a big deal and i was like i don't know i i don't think i need a stunt guy for a cannonball and they're like guys the, they were like steven the pool is only five feet deep you're gonna hit the bottom and you're gonna hurt yourself and i was like well let's see how it goes and i oh. I, they were like, all right, fine. And I ran up in my little bathing suit and I did a cannonball, landed on my left hip and was black and blue from my back all the way down to my leg. And I, I came out of the water and they're like, are you, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Yeah. Get the stunt guy. And, you know, like you, because like those transitions, those transitions yes. of like, you know, not projecting. Like I, I one time I did a play in Chicago and the Chicago Sun-Times said um, uh, Stephen Glickman is loud was like yeah. in the review. <laughs> and then you go to do TV and you're just shouting and yelling top of your lungs because you've built this whole career on performing to the back of a, you know. Yeah, two, and you're not even you're not even shouting. But that's yeah. just. No, it's just like how it is. Um, you you went from uh, doing this movie to doing Platoon. Is that is that correct? Yes. What what I, I know that uh, we're going to we're going to get to this quickly, but um what an amazing film and such an incredible that must have been such an incredible experience where did you shoot that do you remember we when shot, you shot that it? in the philippines oh yeah. my god what a what an unbelievable piece of work again uh, was, again you know i thought i thought after the thing you know i got some you know pretty good honorable mention mm -hmm. in it and uh, uh as the reviews went and I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll have a life in the movies. That would be nice. You know, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I've, one of the yeah. things I've always wanted. Well, I didn't work again in the movies for four years. Mm -hmm. And my next film was Platoon. And uh, it came about, um, you know, it, there, there, was a, there, was a, there was a script out. I think uh, originally Dino De Laurentiis was the producer. Mm -hmm. And it was a script out called The Platoon. And I remember because Mary Calhoun, who was the casting director, had called me in for this. And I was reading for the role of Doc. Mm. Well, I got, you know, went in for the reading, and then somehow the film got shit-canned. Mm -hmm. You know, just nothing happened with it. I guess it was about two years later. Now we have another producer, and um, I go in again, and it was now it was called Platoon. And I didn't really associate the two. You know, I thought, you know, this is a different movie. But sure. when I got the sides, I'm like, this seems strangely <laughs> familiar. 
So I went in for the role of Doc again. And this time I'm reading for Oliver. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, um, no, 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 listen, listen, come, come back tomorrow. And I want you to read the role of King. It, it, you, know, I mean, it, you, know, I, you know, I don't want you for Doc. I don't want you for Doc. <laughs> so, okay, I came in the next day and I read. And he said, great. He said, uh, you know, it's great to see somebody who looks like what I wrote. I um, mean, as far as I'm concerned, the part is yours. And I'm like, wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah, right, you know. And this was a stupid faux pas, you know. There, um, my agent at the time had met Oliver. And he told me, listen, when you see him, tell him that I said hello. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes my memory for names really gets... So... Yeah. Once he said that, I said, oh, and by the way, uh, my, my agent uh, told me to tell you hello. He said, who's your agent? What's his name? And I went, <laughs> and he was new. He was re- oh, literally no, my agent. And I went, um, uh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, fine, right, right, go, go, go ahead. Listen, <laughs> if, if he, he said, tell him to give me a good deal on you, that's all. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. And I went out going, oh, stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I, I also went out thinking, you know, you know, this is, you know, it's Hollywood, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, people don't keep their word. Yeah, right, I got a part. So, But an hour later, I called my agent, and he had already made me the offer. Wow. Damn. <laughs> That's, great. That's incredible. Now, when you're filming Platoon, do you go out and party with Charlie Sheen at some point during that <laughs> filming? Like, any wild stories like that? Uh, not that I would discuss with you here. <laughs> uh, but, we, you know, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a fantastic so cast. Great. I mean, and a great time. I mean, as you know, practically everybody in that film uh, has now, you know, from you know, thirty years have yeah. over the, huge have, have huge careers, yeah. yeah, and one and and rightly so because they were really some wonderful actors. You know, th- this really interests me though. You you said four years in between in between those jobs. What mm-hmm. did you What did you do for those four years? Like I went back to the theater. Yeah, I you know that's the smart I was thing to one, do. I was one, you know, who still. I mean, I'm I was never afraid to go out of town to take a job. If if I got offered a good part in a great play, if it's in Detroit, if it's in Sheboygan, I was going to go. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that's what I did. What was, was one of your uh, favorite plays that you did? Oh, God. Um, one of my very favorites was, I mean, I've been going back and forth. I'm shooting, in the last thing I did, I just did a series called Greenleaf, uh, which mm-hmm. shot in Atlanta. Well, my first time in Atlanta was 1984. I think it was like the 1984, mm-hmm. um, which was before Platoon, and I was playing Mac Heath oh. in the Three Penny Opera, Very which was cool. one of the great experiences of my yeah. life. Wow. Is I there that sounds cool? Time. I would love to have seen that. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it was great. It was set in Harlem uh, in the 1920s, no, 1930s. Yeah. So that's how the music, you know, the mm-hmm. music was orchestrated. I mean, it was just, it was the costumes. Oh I mean, I mean, it was fantastic. Did you ever work yeah. with uh, Ken Page or with Billy Porter, any of those guys? Uh, in, as a matter of fact, Billy, you know, uh, I, I had, you know, uh, I had just come from Pittsburgh uh, playing, uh, playing Othello. That was my second season in Pittsburgh. And I had... Not the greatest experience in the world. I mean, it was, you know, it's, um, and so I was, and I was quite arrogant, I think, in those days. And uh, I, I, I had such a, 
you know, the, one of the, one of the actors I was playing with, whose name I won't mention, but if I ever saw his name, <laughs> if I ever saw if I ever saw his name, he's the only person in my life. If I ever saw his name in a movie, or in a, uh, a piece of theater, if I had to have any scenes with him, I would not take the job. Wow! Wow! Uh, but that's the only person in my life that I can I can say that. Was it about. William Shatner? No. <laughs> I'm and. Uh, so that's I, um, still a pretty good record. Yeah. After yeah. That, you know, after that, and I, I was like, I was like 28 years old, and uh, I just hated myself for you know how I just how I just playing with him just made me not just not want to be there. Sure. And so I retired from the theater. I just said I don't want I don't want to act anymore. I, I hated myself for wow. being in wow. judgment. I, you know, because I mean, if you if you if you're on stage judging how people are acting with you, then oh. where then where is your head at? Where oh you, yeah, that yeah. doesn't so, work. And I, I hated yeah. myself for that. I you know hated having to feel that way about people. So I stopped. I, I decided I'm not going to act anymore. Yeah. I yeah. so I went to teach. Uh, uh, at, I don't know if I mentioned earlier. You know, before I went to Juilliard, I went to Purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got kicked out of Purchase. Oh. <laughs> after wow. the first year, but. During that period, I went back to purchase to teach speech. Yeah, oh, I was cool. the assistant speech teacher, and Billy Porter was uh, in one of those classes. Come I don't on. think I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I got to coach him or not. But anyway, uh, he was in that. But. Very talented yeah. uh, gentleman. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna, now we're getting to uh, a film that I think is near and dear to all three of us. I'm sure it's uh, near and dear to you as well. Uh, they live one of the greatest films, I believe, one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Um, can we can we talk about this movie for a little bit? Absolutely. This is, I mean, this I just I actually just rewatched it. It was on Showtime last week. I watched the whole damn thing all over again. From the Have beginning. you ever seen the South Park version? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. So good. You know, it's shot for shot. Yes. Yeah, the the fight scene is yeah. shot for yeah, shot, it's the same shot. Thing. Oh, recreation. God. It's very funny. Yeah. Oh my god, it really what? is. But that that movie's one of the most insane. I mean that that movie got me like it, it really got me into like wanting to make movies and come to L.A. and and well, work. Like, I, mean, I loved I, that I, movie. I, I love that movie because it's it's probably more uh, resonant and significant in its overtones today mm -hmm. yes yeah. than it was then in fact um you know the whole i mean you know it was very orwellian in this mm -hmm. in, the, in the sense about you know big you know being watched and all the subliminal mm -hmm. messages you know um and it was it was very interesting they sit because it was pre-dvd yeah. you know era but it was just on the cusp they were just you know talking about dvd it was number one in the theater across the country for two weeks. Oh my God. And then, all of a sudden, you couldn't find it anywhere. It was not in a theater in Podunk. Wow. It was nowhere. And I what? Thought, what, the, what happened? Yeah. What, I mean, you know, we yeah. were doing so well. Well, I, I called Sandy, the producer, and I said, D do you know what happened? She said, well, maybe we pissed somebody off. Uh, but uh, it was... So it, it was, was just mysteriously pulled. It was just mysteriously pulled after two weeks. Oh, I didn't know God, that. That's really interesting. We're that's all going to be assassinated. Never found yeah, out. We're all going to die today. For but, talking you know, about but you know, like you said, you know, if you if you look at the message, you know, yeah. inside the movie, yeah. man, it is it is so resonant today. Absolutely. And now than it was then. God. Um, what was it like filming the fight sequence? 
the yeah. legendary fight again sequence. i had that was again one of the red letters of my life i got to work <laughs> got to work with a you know a guy who became a great buddy yeah. uh, roddy piper the late great and rowdy roddy piper the late great roddy piper God he bless was him. Uh, he was he was he was phenomenal he was phenomenal you know i mean you know pound for pound like the strongest guy i ever been around and i was i was weighing about 230 at the time mm -hmm. 225 230 and uh while we were rehearsing he would he would literally pick me up and he'd stand there holding me. <laughs> and oh my go, God. Up, what should I do with him? You know, <laughs> you know and he, he taught me a few moves, you know, mm -hmm. and so that I still remember today. And oh, that's cool. Did you guys choreograph the fight yourself? No. Or Jeff Imada was the, uh, was the choreographer and uh, the fight coordinator. He was, and he was phenomenal. I mean, we rehearsed yeah. it for about two weeks yeah. and just got it. Got it really down, you know. So and so we were able to play, and and you know who better to play with than Roddy yeah. Roddy? Yeah. God, seriously! I mean, it was it was fantastic. He taught oh. me a whole lot about reacting and you know how to. And it looks great it. when you watch it. Like the actual like yeah, the hits look. Well, real. the best thing about it and was the, you know is that you know I mean and you know and Jeff uh, really instilled this in us about that fight had a story of its own. Yeah. You know, it had a, yeah. it had a, it had a life of its own. It had a beginning, a middle, and end, you know, and it escalated, you know. Uh, and I thought yeah. I thought, you know, it it was also kind of realistic, you know, as you know, you know, you have two, two guys who are fighting, you know, you know, and then, you know, something happens, you know. My favorite moment is when he swings the he swings the board and yeah. he, Accident and he breaks the car he breaks the car window. window. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "I'm you know, sorry, I'm sorry." Know. Like just apologize <laughs> real quick. So, you know, but it, you know, it was just great fun. Great, great, great fun. Oh, yeah, those are the best. The fights that when when you're watching the fight, it reveals more about the characters, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. And that one really did. Like by the end of it, you felt like you knew both of those guys a lot better, you know. Yeah, as I remember, I think John fashioned that after. Uh, uh, a fight with John Wayne and Victor McLaughlin in uh, oh. in The Quiet Man. If you remember that, you know they it starts like at the river or something, yeah. and they fight all they fight through, all the, through town. the town. Yeah, <laughs> uh, God, that's so incredible. so that was sort of the model of it. I I had read um, somewhere that that the fight was originally that he had originally planned it to be shorter, but then once he saw you guys do the whole fight, they decided to keep the whole thing. Is that true or or, or that I don't it? know. I mean, no. I, you know, I I know that. The fight you saw is the fight that we rehearsed. Yeah, well, that was it was amazing, and it it re, it's really an incredible fight, and it's just so it's so like it's just so fun and enjoyable, and your your performance is incredible in the whole movie. I think yeah. you know, I think across the board, um, was that shot here in Los Angeles? Right here in stinky Los Angeles, <laughs> in in some alley downtown. Yeah. <laughs> My God, uh, what was you know, if you can just. Uh, clue us in a little bit to what it was like working with Roddy on the rest of that movie and, and going through the rest of that. Oh, it, I mean, it was great. You know, he, you know, you know, um, John, I, I felt that John had become a better director by that time. You I was going to say, mean, he's like, uh, he was, he was, cylinders. he was really, he was yeah. really, um, communicative and he re really knew how to work with Roddy to get a performance out of him. Roddy was very hungry and open to learning. So he would always ask me questions about, acting and you know playing moments and stuff and so we had a we had a really great rapport you know like i said we became friends and yeah. uh, and we could talk you know you, you know you know you know you don't necessarily get in the habit of telling other people how to act 
if you ask, you know, we can discuss the moment. And he was, you know, very open to rehearsing it and how, how we could make this moment better, you know, how we could make it clearer. And it was, it was, it was a joy to work with. Wow. Fantastic. That's so, uh, that's so amazing. When, when you guys were filming it, um, how did you guys handle the, the black and white to the color stuff? Like, how was that? How was that? That's all, that's all post stuff. Did you, I mean, did you, were you guys on set with people wearing those prosthetics and doing? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, (laughs) uh, those guys were fantastic, the uh, makeup people. <laughs> and, you know, I asked John one day, I said, whose concept was this? How did you, you know, and he said, oh, it came to me in a dream one day. And I said, well, I sure wouldn't want to be in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really some scary shit, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Um, and that makeup was bad. Like, not yeah. bad, bad. Like, it was scary bad. No, it was scary bad. bad. Yeah. 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 It was, you know... Uh, it's still like I saw a girl uh, for Halloween. She's uh, wore a Hooters outfit, but she was one of those. <laughs> and, uh, it was so <laughs> jarring. It it was just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I wanted to uh, I want to skip uh skip forward in the uh in the world of things to um uh to Spawn. Is that okay? Can we talk about? Oh my God. Is that when you got into voiceover work? Because that- your voice is so just cool he's got a cool voice yeah. you have a real cool voice like when did you get into voiceover at during this whole process oh boy um i mean again growing up i was a big watcher of like um animal kingdom mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, a lot of documentary series and one of the things i always wanted to do was uh was voiceovers you know i mm-hmm. I, I loved you know one of my heroes was percy rodriguez uh Percy Percy played the the uh, high commander oh, in, okay. in the original Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, he's the, yeah. he's the he's the only brother on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was the high I mean, and, but and he but Percy also was the first black man to have to have a part in a network TV series. He and he and Glenn Turman were a father and son in Peyton Place. Oh, okay. That was that was a 60s series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that man had the voice, you know. <laughs> he and Don LaFontaine were the were the yeah. uh, they you know the uh, the yeah. um, movie trailer the guys. Movie trailer guys. They yeah. were, those were the go to guys. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, but you know, you know, hearing him, William Conrad, mm-hmm. uh, John Forsyth. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These were my heroes listening to these voices, and I always wanted to do that. But now I've lost your oh, question. Oh, Spawn. Spawn. Oh, yeah, Spawn. Spawn. Yeah. So um, we can talk about Spawn and uh, and Disney. But you know, you know, yeah. you, you asked me about you know getting into voiceovers. Then there, yeah. there was a uh, uh, Adolf Caesar was 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 uh, one of the few black men that I you know that were were doing voiceovers. It was mostly the white boys club. It was not you know it was not open to a whole lot of brothers. But I always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So I you know uh, I had an agent who was who kept pushing me and promoting me. And one and one day I got it. You know, I think my first uh the first job actually the first voiceover job i got was in pittsburgh mm-hmm. and it was for a thing called belfont markets and it was because <laughs> i was doing a midsummer night's dream the uh the uh the the uh the agent you know he who uh, was booking it they asked they they called the theater and asked for somebody who could do shakespeare so mm-hmm. yeah. they sent me over. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
and it was kind of funny because I thought the guy I thought the guy was a little bit you know was a bit pompous or something because <laughs> he said this copy is it's like the it's like the uh, uh, the bank speech I have a bank speech you know uh, <laughs> in Shakespeare and I was like really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I kind of understand yeah. what he, you know, right. what he was going, going for, for. But I mean, comparing himself to Shakespeare, I thought, was yeah, a bit, yeah. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, maybe just a little. this copy that I whipped up this afternoon. But it, you know, that was a, uh, you know, that, that's how I first started getting into it, and and uh, so by the time uh, I had already done, I had already done uh, Goliath in in uh, Gargoyles, right, at, when Spawn came along, and I, I love. Because yeah. to me, Spawn was like Darth Vader working his way back to the Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In spite wow. of himself. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, you know, even though, even though, I mean, and, and what a great comic. I mean, you know. It really was. You know, uh, Todd McFarlane, you know. The, you know nobody's been great. cooler in a you long know. time. He's the coolest. Because he was, he was always, you know, he would always wind up doing good for people, even though, you know. He's, you know, basically sold his soul to the devil. If I, you know, if I, if I could only. And the other great thing about Spawn was Cogliastro was played yeah. by Dick Dicehart, whom I had done the thing with. Whoa! So here, here is, you know, I, you know, I have a, I'm, I have the lead in this animated series with one of the, you know, one of the guys that, you know, I admire the most. He was mm-hmm. really a wonderful, oh, wonderful, wonderful cool. actor. That's so awesome. I'll tell you, the other, you know, uh, another great lesson for me on, on, on the thing, you know, again, watching Kurt work and, you know, how, you know, the power of not yelling, you know, you know, not having to raise your voice and, you know, and, and watching, you know, how it played in the studio and then, what it was like on the screen. The other, other great lesson for me was uh, Donald Moffat, and you know he played the commander. Mm-hmm. And there was one great. It was a great moment. If you ever, if you see it again, you can see this. And it's when Donald has the gun, and they're telling him that we're doomed. You know, this is this is, you know, this is this is it. And the shot is over my shoulder. Onto Donald, when he, you know the world. This is you know the world's coming to an end, and he doesn't say anything. But you could see in his face mm-hmm. that the world has changed mm. upon hearing that news, and he 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 didn't do any you know weird facial gesticulations. He didn't you know he didn't you know mug. He didn't do anything, but you know, and I would kind of slide because it was over, you know, as it pushed mm-hmm. in over my shoulder i would slide just so i could watch him without saying a word and his whole face flushed and then went white just wow. because you know i mean and it was like it was so powerful just it because it, you know just you know and yeah. with the camera there you don't have to yeah. do a whole lot it's you the just, power of the if you th- yeah you if you just if you think it if your mind is in the right place, it just shows up on your face. It's one of those, you know, Norma Desmond moments. You know, she says, "We didn't need voices; we had faces." <laughs> oh my God! Um, I I'd love to chat with you a little bit about Hercules, about doing uh, doing doing that movie. 
with Disney. Can I say one more thing about Spawn before we move on? Well, of course, man. You can say as many things you want about Spawn. (laughs) I had been reading that comic for about three years before the show aired. Mm -hmm. And in the first teaser, they had Spawn speak, and I was like, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> like in my head, it was already what I'd been hearing. Right. It it creeped me out. It was so cool. I was like, that, that had never happened on any cartoon before. I just is a geeky thing, but I had to bring it up. Yeah, know? no, absolutely. And look, like we've been telling people all week, you know, very quietly that we have you coming to do the show, and that was like that was like the yeah. number one thing that we kept hearing from all of our wonderful comic con friends we're like yeah. oh my god you got the voice of spawn you got the voice of spawn it's like I, the coolest i, I coolest. think i was uh, i think i was talking to i want to say i was talking to howard stern once mm-hmm. and i recorded something for him as as spawn you know yeah you've reached this number if you don't leave a message, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> God, that's amazing. That gave me chills. That's yeah, awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> um, when, you, uh, when you went uh, on to, to work for Disney on Hercules, uh, you got to work with uh, Ron Clements, the director, oh, who is like a legend at Disney. He directed, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, he directed Aladdin. He directed Little Mermaid. I mean, the guy's a yep. legend at Disney. Yeah, what, you got to tell me what it was like working with him. He's, uh, a, he's I mean, incredible. He's a again, you know, I, I I've been blessed and highly favored, extremely fortunate. You know, I mean, I've rarely. I'm not going to say I've never done something I didn't like, but um, you know, when you ask me, you know, what what was my favorite project? It's hard to pick because that was again, you know, with uh, with Doctor Facilier. I mean, one of the great moments of my life you know what i mean i always wanted to do that kind of character i grew up with snidely whiplash mm-hmm. you know yep. and 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 uh, dishonest john <laughs> <laughs> dishonest john <laughs> you know and i was so i was so happy to get that job because you know we had to sing for the audition and i brought in a friend of mine to play for me and the song i sang was from Hans Christian Andersen. Mm-hmm. You know, there once was an ugly duckling <laughs> with hairs all curly and brown and the other birds and so many words said, get out of town. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, Hans Christian Andersen was Very one of nice. those movies that made me know I wanted to be an actor when yeah. I saw that as a kid. And so I thought it was, it was just a, it was a beautiful synchronicity to get that job from having sung that song, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and and then working with those guys, I mean, because you know we, we we recorded that over like six months, you know, going back in the studio and coming back, and I mean, what a joy! I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. So I cool, mean, and Susan Egan and James know. Woods and everybody. <laughs> oh my God, are you, you kidding know. me? That cast, yeah, it's incredible, man. Um, I I. I want to, I got to get to, we got to get to a couple more because there's a couple more that we had talked about mm-hmm. uh, getting to. But very quickly, uh, just rewatched There's Something About Mary. You're so funny, <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Holy the crap. Get above the beans. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just unbelievable. And Stiller, like, crushing it. And you're so funny in that movie. It's amazing, man. I love, I love watching, you know, like, you go watch, like, something like They Live or Platoon. 
or or the thing, and then you go and watch. There's something about Marin. You're like, <laughs> this guy can do every like yeah. everything. Like this is it's amazing. That must have been so much. Do you fun. prepare differently for <laughs> something like that for comedies than for for dramas or big scary movies? You, you go to work, man. You know, I mean, you <laughs> do what you know. You do what the demand is, right? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I've always heard that you know you have to work harder at comedies than you do for you know something serious or dramas. You know. And and comedy is harder in that sense because you know I mean you know but it, you know all you know all really good comedy comes out of the the great depth of truth of it, sure. you know, uh, you know the, you you believe that could ha- that could happen and then you you, you know you you hide it. It's like when you're doing a musical, and uh, and suddenly you have to burst into song. It's because the reality is so heightened. There's nothing else to do but sing it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, uh, Which I do all day. Like you know, it just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe in life. The musical. <laughs> Here we are sitting in the station. You know. <laughs> oh my God, man! You had a line in something about Mary that I didn't hear until I saw it at home because it was the scene was getting so many laughs. But it's when they're taking Ben Stiller away in the ambulance, and you just barely, right before the scene cuts, you hear you say. This never would have happened to Woogie. <laughs> <laughs> that just cracked me up the first time I heard it. <laughs> oh my god, was that in the script? Was that part of it? I don't remember. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, one of the most insane films. Uh, it's been voted many, many times as a movie that you cannot, that you like, you literally cannot watch twice because it is uh, so incredibly intense to watch. Uh, I've seen it. Uh, at least five times. Um, <laughs> Requiem for a Dream, which you oh, were yeah. in that film. And uh, what an, I mean, God, what a absolutely fucking terrifying movie. I mean, just so incredible and so insane. And those performances, I mean, Jennifer Connelly and Jared Leto and everybody that you worked with on that. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? Would you mind telling us a little bit about mind. what it was like working on that film? Uh, it was, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, again, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to overuse that word. Uh, no, no, no. But, but you know, it, you know, again, uh, you know, Darren Aronofsky. What's he uh, like? I, I mean, I, I, I would work with him again in a heartbeat. You know, I mean, you know, and you've seen some of the films after that. You know, the the other films he did before that, uh, Best in Show and uh, Pie. You know, he's just a great filmmaker, and um, I loved that character. Uh, I had made a decision for myself uh, uh, not to play, you know, black man as scuzzball just because it's there, you know, just because it's there, because, I, you know, I didn't want to, you know, uh, perpetuate stereotypes. Mm-hmm. That, sure. You know. um, and so I, 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 I didn't want to. I wasn't going to do drug dealers and blah 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 blah. But when this came along, I was happy to do it because he was not your average punk ass selling, you know, crack yeah. for five dollars in the corner. No. He was a guy. He was selling drugs to your stockbroker, to yeah, your lawyer. Yeah. To yeah. Your, he was a businessman. Yeah. yeah. The and scariest that was, kind and of that, businessman. And that was the point for me. This guy was a businessman. He didn't go to jail. He didn't. He didn't have any. He was smart. Yeah. And uh, and he didn't use. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was very important to me because you know, you know, behind behind all the the lives of these of these people who we usually vilify, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're a scumbag, you're a scumbag. But there are some guys who are smart. I mean, I don't, I don't buy 
in any means condone selling drugs for a living. Uh, but if you're going to sell drugs, this is the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, and yeah. uh, and that, and when I and I liked him because he was smart. Now it's 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 interesting to me that uh, no one ever says that Jennifer's uh, character was a scuzzball. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but but my guy is the is 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 the bad guy. He's the <laughs> yeah. But right. I didn't knock on her door. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. didn't pick up the phone call talking to somebody I don't know mm-hmm. uh, to make an appointment. Yeah, you yeah, know. seriously. You know, uh, and uh, you know, and and as far as I'm, as far as he's concerned, it was about business, cash, grass, mm-hmm. or ass. You know, what are you? You know, that's this is you know this yeah. ain't no freebie here. Yeah, the yeah. transaction. You know, that's 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 yeah. what you do. Now, is it taking advantage of her uh, of her addiction? Um, no, she had a choice. Yeah, you could have said yeah. no. Yeah, that, I mean that's the way to approach a character like that. Really, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, and I, like I said, I'm, I don't condone his way of living. But if you have to, if you if you're going to go that route, you know, you don't want to be somebody who has to hire a you know a, a lawyer every ten minutes because you're in and out of prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you can't half-ass that kind of life. You know, you have to be smarter about that. And yeah. there and, and those guys do exist. You know, and and uh, and they have a right to be uh, portrayed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the way that you portrayed it was phenomenal. I mean, it's. I do, but you know, again, you know, it's, he's a he is, he's a business guy. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of like got, if you, know, if you watch, there's a, there's a demand, it, and it, he takes care of it. It's mm-hmm. sort of like if you watch The Wire, like Idris Elba's character in that series was very mm-hmm. like he's a business guy who's just trying. It just happens his business is selling drugs. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, sure. I mean, everything about that character in that show is that way. And then there, you see that sort of contrasted with sort of like different sort of like street-type dealers or then the people who are really making money off of the people selling drugs mm-hmm. who Absolutely. aren't necessarily directly involved in that, but they know what's going on. They're but, just And that, that's where money. you yeah. get great acting performances. Oh, yeah. Is, is like, I mean, the same thing with Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw that a lot on Boardwalk where it was, you know, like you – uh, you're not vilifying this character because the the actor playing the character, even though the character might be kind of a villain or kind of a mm-hmm. bad guy, sort of like they're not playing them as a bad guy; they're playing them as a human being with right. with yep. real thoughts, real. That's why we fell in love business. with Tony Soprano. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, because you know, hundred percent. This is the guy. You know, I mean, you know, I don't I don't believe that you 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 really. I don't have to necessarily on the outside of it love. The guy that I'm playing, yeah. right, right, or what he what 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 he does, absolutely. But, you know, when, while I'm trying to find his humanity, I don't hate him. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're playing a guy who hates himself. Yeah, and then yeah. you even have to find what about himself that he that he hates. But somebody loves him. He's got a mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. If he if he if he in fact has a woman, has a relationship, and it there's any love in it at all. You know, like Tony Soprano, he, you know, he didn't come home and kick his wife and beat the dog, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, there's, the, the, you know, even bad guys have hearts. Yeah, it's like arguably. And they beat. They're doing red that blood. stuff for those people, you yeah. know. Now, at some point, you got involved in the video game world. Uh, now, did you ever? I mean, I'm, <laughs> he's a huge, epic. he's a huge fan of your voice work in Halo. I'm a huge fan Saints of Row. your work in Saints Row yeah. because I played every <laughs> single one of them, played all those games, yeah. especially the last one where it was uh, 
like so the ridiculous with the vice president. Over, yeah. and all right. that. I mean, my God, it well, was so damn cool with Rowdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. completely. I, yeah, yeah. I think on. someone should mention Mass Effect. Mass yes. Effect. Yes. Mass Effect. Are you I'll, I'll come me? in on that one. And you <laughs> did the first Fallout game. Yeah, the uh, yeah. very first Which, Fallout. Now it's yeah. it sort of become iconic for Ron Perlman to be the narrator in that show, but you were the yeah. the first voice in Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find your way into the world of video games? Is it because you did Spawn and you'd done Gargoyles and they said, we want that voice for this? Or Somebody offered me a job. Okay. Well, how, did, <laughs> like, how what, what's the process of, of doing a, a voice in, a, in something like Saints Row or something like this? Like, is it the same the, as doing a movie? Or the, you... the, the great thing about, you know, about the uh, progression of things, uh, video games, as you know, have they sell better than movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've, you, you've yet to see a movie in the first week make $500 million. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. video games yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, reasons I think it does happen because the, the, the uh, state of, ima- of uh, animation, the way, they, mm-hmm. the, the, way they, the way they draw the games, the way they animate the games, I mean, they're like mini movies. Yeah, they look yeah. incredible. And that allow you to participate. Mm-hmm. You know, they're interactive, and 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 the, uh, the 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 animation. I mean, some of that stuff is phenomenal. It's you know, you look at those games. It's, it's, it's like, whoosh. have you played any of the games you've done voices for? Like, have you played Saints Row and seen yourself in the game? I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a big gamer. You know, I you know I played enough to say. You know, I made an attempt at the game. <laughs> Did they you motion know, capture stuff of you? Did they I, do- I've not done any motion capture stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Maybe I have. I'm not. I'm not. I don't remember. Uh, for some, because I've done some motion capture for some things, but it uh, was probably a game. I, I we I know we have to wrap up things soon, but I do want to talk about uh, the cape, which I uh, I loved. I loved that damn man, show. Man, let me tell you something. I, you Please know, talk to us about that show. It's interesting that you bring it up because I was saying to myself today that among the great characters that I've played, Max Malini is one of my heroes. I mean. Yeah. I loved that man. It was a, a I loved damn good show. That man. <laughs> and I thought it was a great show. Yeah. And 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 the 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 wide appeal of it. I have walked down the street, I think I was in New York, and these kids were over here, not kids, they were in their twenties, um, from Italy. And I was walking down the street, he goes, Excuse me. Max Mellini. <laughs> and I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, man. you know oh that the cape. Yes, it was. It was. I mean, that's wow. That's that such was a, a gift. badass was a show. Oh, my gift. God. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Like every everybody involved in that, like David Lyons was yeah. super, super cool. Did you guys have a good time? Oh, we had. I mean, I, you know, I mean, your costume you know, was so love, awesome. Love your whole him, your whole like layer was super cool. It was, re- it was, like, <laughs> damn, that was such a great show. Bob Blackman, you know, who did the costumes. I mean, and Bob Blackman is a guy. I mean, he did Star Trek for years. Yeah. Um, but um, when I first came to California in '77, he was doing costumes up at the Pacific Cons- Conservatory for the Performing Arts in Santa Maria. Oh yeah, totally. And that's PCPA. when I met him. That's when I, that's where I met Bob Blackman, who did the costumes. Wow. For mm. the Cape. God, what a phenomenal piece of work. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, wh- how did that? 
How did that um, season go down? Like, what was it like working on that show? Um, it was. It, I mean, it was great. You know. You know. They were. You know. I gotta say, it, it came. You know, I was the last guy cast, and there were several other guys up for it. You know. You know. You know, name people who you would know, uh, and um, you know it was, it was right down to the very. White. In fact, I was hired the day before I had to shoot. Wow. I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a last minute decision. I'm glad they made the decision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, you never know how those things are going to go, but that was uh, another blessing. You know, God is good every day oh, and all man. the time. That's so phenomenal. So. Uh, there's a, a documentary that you did. Um, you produced You produced this documentary, um, fi- uh, Creature Feature 50 Years. Gilman. Gilman. Now, me and Mike actually went to what theater was it to go watch? Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon oh. with the cast. Remember, it was um, remember. New Beverly. It was New yes, Beverly. Yes, and it was so cool. Like we're huge fans mm-hmm. at that time. How did you end up getting involved in that doc? And can people um, watch it? Can where where can uh, they I, see I it? Don't, I'm, I'm not sure where you can get it at. Maybe in a Netflix kind of thing. But uh, some friends of mine approached me about it. Um, uh, it was extremely ultra low budget, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I you know I also am a, uh, a fan of the creature, and so I did it. So uh, and 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 uh, who you know and the the guys that worked on it I gotta say they they persevered long you know for you know <laughs> you know years to uh, to keep it going and you know and I think it's gotten some kind of an award uh, something you know uh, recently well so as we're wrapping this up it, where what do you have going on right like what are you working on right now is there something I just finished working on a uh, uh, a series called Greenleaf where I play Pastor Greenleaf for the own network. Very cool. Uh, and uh, Greenleaf is about the first family of a mega church. Uh, oh. And it really is a family drama. The church happens to be the family business. Oh. So it's about all the relationships in the family. In mm-hmm. the ch- you know, it's really, you know, backstage behind the church. You know, you know, did what, you meet Oprah? Happens. I did. As a matter of fact, she plays my sister-in-law. Oh, very cool. What? Oh, yeah. my wow. God. That's, that's incredible. Which, it really is. Uh, every, you know, everything in me. Everything in me just fought against myself for asking, oh, was she nice? (laughs) As a matter of fact, she's very nice. I'm sure she is. I'm sure. Did she give away uh, a room full of cars? (laughs) Not at this time. (laughs) But who knows? At some point, you know, everyone may get a caravan. That is so, that's so incredible. Where can people watch that show? You can watch this on the OWN Network um, coming June 21st and 22nd. On the 21st, you'll see episode one and two. Mm-hmm. And on the 20, 22nd, you'll see episode three. And then it will air every Wednesday after that. Okay. Very cool. Wow. So damn cool. Um, all right. Uh, uh, the Nice Guys. Don't yes. Oh, my that. God. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and watch nice out guys. for The Nice Guys opening on the 20th? Or no, the 20th. The 20th, 20th. yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I saw it uh, at the American Cinematheque. Uh, the Alamo Draft House did a screening of it. Phenomenal movie, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh. And just one quick question: Where do you keep your Emmys? On the mantelpiece. <laughs> 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 oh, <I'm gonna> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, before we wrap up, I know I've said that like six times, but before we wrap up, you just have such a huge career with so many wonderful facets. Uh, you were in a movie called Cloud Atlas, which mm-hmm. I saw in the theater. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I don't know. I, I still kind of know what happened. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> and you and everyone played multiple, multiple characters. The cast is outrageous. 
Uh, and it's the Wachowski brothers, uh, and sisters, siblings. now sisters. Yeah. siblings. Yes, yeah. so siblings. That's a good way. Yeah. To, siblings, siblings. Wachowski, Wachowski uh, siblings. Sibli- who, uh, who, who did the Matrix? Uh, and you played a bunch of different characters in that. How do you even prepare for something like that? Uh, fortunately, you, I I didn't have to play more than one character a day, so that was <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh I don't think I don't really think anyone did, um, but that may not be true. I mean, you know, they may have had to do one part of the day as one character and maybe another. Mm-hmm. You know, I but I don't think anybody had to do more than one character in a day, and it was uh, what a great experience. Um, was that a lot of green screen work? On that one, there was there was a lot of green screen going on. There was some green screen stuff going on. But, Where you were know, you? The, the, we were in uh, uh, mostly in Berlin, but we shot also in Mallorca, and other a uh, uh, couple of people went different places. Those that's where I was. I was in my in a Dieseldorf maybe or something mm. like that. Oh my god! Um, yeah, there were some beautiful locations. Oh, yeah, film looks fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. isn't it a great look? And yeah. the, one of the most wonderful things about it was, it. Who would think that there were three directors? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's just so seamless the way it goes and jumps from one era to another, to you know, and one yeah. century to another. You know, it, is is that the most extreme extreme location that you've been on, or what's the most extreme location that you've had to work under, like uh, for a, for a film? Um, I think Thailand, because you know when I I did a movie called the. Fifth Commandment, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was pretty intensely hot, and we were in some pretty intense places. <laughs> but uh, but again, that was that was another character that I absolutely loved. I, I played um, I can't remember his name right now, but he was a a fixer. Okay. I think that's what that's what he that's what he called sure. him. I mean, and, and he's um, he would travel around and fix things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, uh, he was a but and and on the side he was a music jazz musician. Played he was a trumpet player. Um, but you know when the situation called for, he sure, would, he would take care of that <laughs> carry that trumpet. You know what else he carried in that trumpet case? Right. <laughs> you know. Um. As we as we wrap up here, is there? I know that you've done a lot of theater, a lot of theater in your life. Is there a play or a musical or something like in the theater that you have not done that you would like to do? Just I want to play the man of La Mancha more than God hates sin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody Very out there. Good choice. Yeah. That's what I want to yeah. do. That's hey, La Jolla thing. Playhouse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pull your together. shit together. <laughs> yeah. hey. Get Keith David, Somebody. for God's sake. Yeah. Someone get Keith David, Man of La Mancha. Yeah. Um, well, we have to have him back. Yeah. We, uh, there's so, so, we didn't even like, touch on even, Ken Burns. I didn't even get to ask him about Pitch Black. There's so much. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's so like, many things. Oh. Yeah. A ton of different things. Is there you anything know? in particular you want to ask before we wrap up? Not Mike? that, not that we, we, we need more time. Five seconds. The things <laughs> I want to talk about, we need yeah. more time. So. All right. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, listen. Um you're you're incredible for being here and for hanging out with us. Uh, is are you on social media? Can people find you on? You the can internet? find me on social media. <laughs> um, thanks again so much for being here. We uh, we really appreciate uh, everything that you do, and we can't wait to see what you do next because it's going to be just as amazing and yeah. just as incredible as everything else. It's that like everything done. he does is good too. That's the crazy I, thing. I know. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that ain't always true, but I mean, but yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your saying so.
right. Thanks again for uh, uh, for checking out the uh, the nighttime show, and um, uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, and leave comments of, about the amazing Keith David. Uh, we love you, buddy. Thanks again. Uh, thank you, man. You bet. Thank you. Uh, well, that was amazing, uh, guys. Keith David, so incredible, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh. We didn't get to half the stuff we wanted to talk to him about. That's how <sighs> He's long led his career. Such a life. He didn't. He didn't leave. By the way, he literally just vanished into the chair. Like that's he <laughs> yeah. just. He's we were that like, good an actor. Yeah, we were, we thought he was here the whole time, and he just wasn't. He just wow. Maybe it was just a hologram. Yeah. I don't know. God, I still the, want to hear that Charlie Sheen story. Yeah, yeah. there's so something there. I love yeah, that you, you know said what? that. There's we never even there. got to Men at Work. Yeah. And, We'll have round two. We have to have a round. Yeah, we got to have a round two with him. He's yeah, there, too damn. There cool. must be. I mean, with all the people he's worked with, he's worked with some people who are known for being amazing. Yeah, and he's worked with some people who are known for being nightmares. Yeah, and I kind of want to find out a little more about the nightmares because and you know, the some first that time are like somebody, amazing nightmares. Yeah. You know? yeah, like he seems so polite about talk. Like anytime he would mention someone that he didn't like working with, he wouldn't say their name. Like yeah. he was yeah. so. Like I want to know who was that guy. I know. In I want to get in deeper. Well, I got it. Now <laughs> what we, we need to do in. next time is have some fireball whiskey here. Yes. yes. Load him up. Very good idea. And then get him talking. But we got to do. Smart we got to trick him into that. You know what that's we really <laughs> need to do. We need to find him on another podcast and have somebody ask him about being on the nighttime show and see what he says. <laughs> ah, and then there we'll we know go. What he really thinks. If he doesn't yeah. mention us by name, we'll yeah, know. we're like, oh, exactly. I love. I think that's a very good idea, and I think, Mike, we should have fireball. Like here, just so that people can like do shots and kind of loosen up a little bit, because yeah, that's what it does to me. I earlier today, I I did a I did a shot uh, in the middle of the day, and um, I you know I was pretty toasty for quite some yeah, time. I picked him up to come here tonight, yeah. and he was like acting all weird, and we're like, what What's wrong with you? And, and I was like, like, I might be a little bit drunk <laughs> and a little bit sexy. You know, it's just that's how that's when I drink Fireball, I become. <laughs> You I were right on guy. one count. Right. You, you're I'm not. a little bit drunk. I'm a little bit country. That's what I become. Now, you did I, morning radio today. I did. I did the Heidi and Frank show, mm-hmm. which was the coolest. It was so much damn fun. Um, and the Heidi and Frank show, uh, which is KLOS, mm-hmm. uh, 95.5, they gave away uh, like five pairs of tickets to the nighttime show live. Mm-hmm. Which is every month at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, you got to go to the to the Hollywood Improv website and uh, and check out the calendar. You'll always see our show. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, you have to come. You got to come to the show. This uh, we're about to do the show um, with uh, Tom Segura, mm-hmm. Dane Cook, Helen Hong, uh, DJ Doug Pound, who's actually Doug Lussenhop, who's mm-hmm. the editor of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. Uh, Eric Andre show Portlandia. He's gonna be our musical guest. He's playing. He's doing like a funny DJ character. Mm-hmm. And then our special guest for the night, which is super exciting, is um, Bill Farmer, who is the voice of Goofy. We had him on the You've podcast. Heard on the podcast. Wow. Yeah, you heard him on the yeah. podcast, and he was uh, he was super super cool to to have on. And um, we're doing a whole bit where we do a scene from Pulp Fiction together, and it's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be so, cool. Yeah, like, I, you know, I missed him on the podcast, so I'll finally. Oh get yeah, to you see weren't him. here. We had Josh Sussman uh, in. Yeah, yeah. That night. I know yeah. it was so funny i mean the guy you know he's he's an incredible incredible voice guy and getting him to come to a live show is something he does not do so yeah oh that's you know, awesome yeah and then you know we just we just found out today that we're throwing greg luganus um 
We're gonna um, do something with Greg Lucanis. Yeah, we're gonna throw him into the Olympic uh, into the mix. Gold Olympic gold medal. American hero. American hero. Thank you. Gold medalist Greg Luganis is joining us also on the nighttime show. But we didn't advertise that. That is just a secret that you guys are knowing and that I know. Well, by the time and, you're listening to this, it's already happened. Yeah, by happened. the time you're listening to this, it's already happened. This yes. is or, happening or, in the, I don't or want it anymore. hasn't happened, and we're lying to you right now, because yeah. yeah. who knows what might happen in two days. Yeah, you know yeah. what? We, we don't, don't want you stressing out about this big secret <laughs> that Look, you're having Don't be to stressed out. All right, that's the last thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. It's a secret. What happens in the past happens in the future. That's what the nighttime show is all about. No. No, it's not. not That's Because really. it doesn't thing. make any sense. Listen, I have emotional problems. <laughs> um, that is a thing. That is a real <laughs> yes. thing. Guys, this has been so incredible. If you want to follow Keith David, you can find him yes. Facebook and Twitter at I'm Keith David. It's I am Keith David. Uh, K-E-I-T-H. I'm still had some fireball. Holy in me. shit. <laughs> I am K-E-I-T-H David is uh, Twitter and Facebook, and then on Instagram, it's Why at- Why would you spell Keith but not spell David if you're going to spell the whole thing out? It's at I-M-K-E-I-T-H-D-A-V-I-D. I'm telling yeah. you, there's fireballs flowing through my system. <laughs> it's in my veins! Uh, it's in my veins. On Instagram, it's at Silver Throat. Oh, that's is, a cool uh, name. It's a, he's yeah. so damn cool! Yeah, I wish I sounded like that so bad. I know, so do you I. You know what I bet? I bet, like, back in the 70s, right, before he's married and all that stuff. Right. He's probably he's the kind of guy who he was called like so much ass. Like no, I'm just saying like oh, like you know they had those phone dating lines back before like the oh, internet yeah. and stuff. He's the guy who could call and be like, "Hey, call me. I'm I'm in box three seventeen or whatever." You know what I mean? He'll just like get overflow flooded. Yeah, flood flooded. God, Matt, you're get- so old. And you don't remember those things? <laughs> no, that he, was like a thing. He had box three seventeen, and they had to give him box three eighteen and three nineteen just for the overflow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's whole, that's up. absolutely hysterical. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can go to funnymat.com. I'm, I've got all my links on there, and uh, find me. Follow yeah, me. Yeah, I will. Do I'm, good things. Uh, watch my special on Amazon Prime. Yeah, go on the place yeah, and for watch God's the sake. special. Stop it. Shut up and watch it. What yes. about you, uh, Michael Blacks? At Mike Black Attack on all social media. And you can see my special live at Nick's Check Cashing. Anytime <laughs> you're in there, I, do, I just do it for fun. You for, just perform for in the, the For the broke. Oh, wow. Comedy for the broke. That's how mu- how much does it cost to it's watch free. The- it's free. Yeah, free show. Uh, That's what like. if, if you're eating ramen, you can share it with me. Wow. Uh, so... Watch me on Amazon Prime. Every every time yeah. you watch me on Amazon Prime, it costs you nothing, and I get eight cents. Right. Wow. So you should do that. Well, it th- adds up. To <laughs> I, no, I'm sure cents. it does. That's what it adds up to. Eight <laughs> cents. That's what eight, it adds up to. Eight whole cents. <laughs> yeah. So sixteen cents so far is how. So many, far, that's how much it's made. Yeah. Me and my it. mother. I love it. Yeah. Oh dear God. Uh, you can always find me at Stephen Glickman. S T E P H E N Glickman on. <laughs> Why do you spell out the first and know. not the second? S T E P H E N G L I C K M A N. I'm telling you, Fireball is running <laughs> through my veins. My baloney has a first name. <laughs> It's Stephen Glickman. It's Stephen Glickman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how you're supposed to do it. Um, you can find me on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, and of course, YouTube. Um, this has been the Nighttime Show Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave comments and repost and tell all your friends. And give us a good review. Yeah, give us a good review. Stop being such an asshole, all right? And give us a damn good review. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you.